Well, I mean, I think you have to think about what happens to you once you wake up. You've just been on a fast because people are like, you shouldn't fast. I'm like, well, everybody fasts. You fast at nighttime. You fast when you sleep. You're sleeping eight to 10 hours. You're not eating during that period of time. So what is essentially happening? Well, you're basically kind of running down your liver glycogen store. So by the time you're awake, you don't have a lot. So usually cortisol is rising to get you up in the morning. But if a body is under fueled, then for a lot of people, they're kind of waking up pseudo stressed already, right? And you know who you are, you're already maybe waking up with some heart palpitations, or you've been waking up through the nighttime, or you have a super elevated temperature and pulse, and then you eat food and that temperature and pulse drops. So if you're starting to wake up already stressed, then you're going to have a hard time catching up all day long. And what we're trying to do, breakfast kind of provides you with some good foundation to take care of you through the day so that your energy is kind of stable throughout the day. So one of the main goals of breakfast is to basically resupply your liver with glycogen. So if somewhere through the day you are not eating, your body has some stored fuel in the liver to kind of help regulate you. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I'm joined by our awesome friend, Kate Deering, for a super quick draw McGraw I can't speak today podcast because we just spent mm-hmm. the last hour <laughs> as we always do chatting. Um, so, you know, we won't do any catch ups and, you know, feel you. We'll, we'll save that for next podcast. But today we wanted to talk about the importance of eating breakfast and why we recommend you should eat breakfast within 30 minutes of waking. So it's really interesting, Kate, like whenever I post about this on Instagram, it seems to be this really controversial topic and it just gets like the post is like one of those viral posts that, you know, like gets heaps of engagement and heaps of comments and, you know, it's just, and I think too, like if, if a lot of the women that follow me were probably like I once was, and I always skipped breakfast, I just get up, drink my black coffee, head into the gym, smash myself for two hours, you know, come back, eat my like quarter of a cup of oats with a few blueberries and some protein powder. Um, you know, so I trained fasted and I didn't realize, you know, the impact it was having on my metabolism, my hormones, you know, I was just tired all the time, blah, 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 blah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I always thought, okay, it's really good that I eat less. You know, it's a great way to burn more calories and eat less. So, yeah, I think, and I, I've found with not only myself, but our clients, and it's not the only thing, like if you only just start eating breakfast, it's not going to fix all your fucking issues. But in conjunction with the other things that we recommend, it makes a huge impact on how women feel and, you know, it's easier for them to reach their fat loss goals and, you know, they sleep better and have more energy. So let's talk about what breakfast and why we think breakfast is awesome. Important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think you have to think about what happens to you once you wake up, you've just been on a fast because people are like, you shouldn't fast. I'm like, well, everybody fasts. You fast at nighttime. You fast when you sleep, you're sleeping eight to 10 hours. You're not eating during that period of time. So what is essentially happening? Well, you're basically kind of running down your liver glycogen store. So by the time you're awake, you don't have a lot. So usually cortisol is rising to get you up in the morning. But if a body is under fueled, then for a lot of people, they're kind of waking up pseudo stressed already, right? And you know who you are, you're already maybe waking up with some heart palpitations, or you've been waking up through the nighttime, or you have a super elevated temperature and pulse, and then you eat food and that temperature and pulse drops. 
So if you're starting to wake up already stressed, then you're going to have a hard time catching up all day long. And what we're trying to do, breakfast kind of provides you with some good foundation to take care of you through the day so that your energy is kind of stable throughout the day. So one of the main goals of breakfast is to basically resupply your liver with glycogen. So if somewhere through the day you are not eating, your body has some stored fuel in the liver to kind of help regulate you. If you wake up and all of a sudden you're jumping into activity, you're not eating, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. It, it doesn't have to necessarily even be in a workout. It can be you're waking up and getting on and starting to do emails earlier in the morning. There's a lot of things that can trigger that. And so I've literally had clients and they're like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, what do you mean you're not doing anything? You're like, well, you know, I am getting up, but, but then I just return emails. I sit in my, sit in my bed and I start returning emails without eating anything. And then all of a sudden they start having all these stress reactions, whether it's chronic urination all day or all of these things that start happening because they didn't take care of themselves in the morning. And I'm like, okay, we're going to just not do that. Like, because getting on your, your phone or your computer immediately you're already starting to stress the system, right? Now your brain's starting to have to activate, your nervous system's gonna have to activate, you're seeing people's lives or just constant emails being thrown at you and that all requires fuel. So you're activating that nervous system response. Well, that nervous system response requires fuel and it's going to get it from your liver. And if your liver is empty from the night that you just slept, guess what's going to happen? You're going to create this nice stress response, right? And so adrenaline, cortisol, all are going to elevate, start giving you fuel so that you can now do this job of going and answering your 20 emails in the morning. And then, you know, and that also is going to make you feel not hungry. All of a sudden you're creating that stress response and now you don't even feel that hungry. So then you just get up and you're like, well, I'm not hungry. So <clears throat> I should go work out or do a whole bunch of other things to burn more calories and get my workout and fasten. So then I don't have, I won't eat as much during the rest of the day. And I think that's the common thought process. And mm -hmm. I think you can probably get away with that in your twenties or your teens or whatever. But as we know, as you age, the body doesn't like that. And that chronic stress response, whether you start it in your twenties or thirties or forties is going to eventually get you into trouble. So something as easy as just waking up and getting fuel in you and getting a decent amount of carbohydrates and protein, a little bit of fat to help stabilize you, get your blood sugar regulated so that you can start kind of managing your day in a healthy response than just living on stress hormones all morning. And so you already sort of touched on this, but you know, like women, if they've listened to this podcast would have heard Kate and I talk about the importance of, especially, you know, women in their forties and fifties, I mean, everyone, but of actually building some muscle. So can you just talk a little bit more about the exact process that's happening? So basically you, you don't eat all night, you sleep and your body uses up all your stored glycogen. So you're waking up in the morning and your body's like, okay, cool. I've got no fuel. So, you know, like, unlike a car, you don't just stop. Your body has these mechanisms to make fuel. So can you talk more about like gluconeogenesis, like what's actually happening? Cause people, I get these questions and people go, oh yeah, but my body's just burning fat for fuel. So isn't that good, but it's not just burning fat, right? Like what else is happening and to you and why is this detrimental around the muscle? Yeah. So <clears throat> you are always probably burning some level of fat, some level of carbohydrate, some level of protein throughout the day. Ideally, you want to utilize carbohydrates primarily, but we're kind of all metabolically flexible. We're going to use some, you know, a little bit of all of our resources, which is a good thing. We want to be able to do that. Um, ideally, though, you want to be more carb dependent because that is going to help preserve your body. Like if you don't have enough fuel, if you don't have enough glycogen, your body, because it can't regulate blood sugar with fat, 
it needs sugar. And the primary place it's going to get that if you don't give it to it and you're out of glycogen stores is muscle, connective tissue, anything protein made up of protein is going to kind of go through gluconeogenesis and produce carbohydrates or glucose, not carbohydrates, is going to produce glucose from basically the breakdown of amino acids. And so you want to make sure that you have enough carbohydrates so that process doesn't happen because when you get into that catabolic state or go through gluconeogenesis to produce carbohydrates or it's the glucose, it's going to break down your muscle tissue. And if you need muscle tissue to help support a higher metabolic rate, support your tissue, support just everything that goes along with your life as you age, right? So it's going to support your skeletal system. The more muscle you have, the higher your, your metabolic rate will be. And if you're always in this state of catabolism, well, guess what? You're going to continually lose more muscle as you age. And you see that all the time in people that they are kind of not eating. And so their body is just learning to basically break down muscle tissue, consume, utilize that to help regulate their blood sugar. And so those are the people that even if they're weight training, don't ever make any gains. It's just mm -hmm. this kind of circular process where they just build a little breakdown, build a little breakdown. Mm -hmm. And so they, and, and even those people, sometimes you see them and they actually get flabbier as they train because they just keep putting more stress upon their system that they can manage it. And so their body has to constantly utilize its own resources to try to regulate itself. And mm -hmm. that comes at a cost. And so having enough carbohydrates, certainly having enough for breakfast, and that certainly is not the only time, but making sure you're getting enough throughout the day is going to help provide your body with enough fuel so it doesn't have to go into that catabolic state, especially if you're trying to gain muscle tissue. You have to be in a state of a, a slight surplus on some level, but you have to make sure your body's getting enough fuel to do all the processes of all your metabolic processes, including supporting muscle growth. And that is a highly metabolic process. It takes energy. Yes, it utilizes protein to create more muscle, but it needs energy to do that process. And that's normally going to come in the form of carbohydrates. I think too, like for any women, you know, who, cause I've done both, obviously back in the day, I'd train fasted. Your performances are just going to be so much better in gym when you're actually fueled. Like you'll just notice such a massive um, difference. And I certainly didn't look like I do now back then because I was, wasn't eating enough. I wasn't training properly. You know, I was skipping breakfast and doing all those things. And I think like, you've got to get out of this. Like for me, what's something that really hit home for me when I met Craig? Cause obviously I, you know, I wanted to feel better. Like I was working with Emma, but I wanted to look better too. Like I'd be lying if I said that, you know, I wanted to mm -hmm. be more toned and athletic and muscular. I, I think that's true <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> and he said to me, he's like, Kitty, you know, you've got to think and, you know, eat and train like a strength athlete and strength athletes, they fuel their bodies. You know, you need to stop destroying the body you have with cardio and, you know, restrictive diets and low carb and start building the body you want and focusing on changing your body composition. So eating more training to build muscle. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, that really made sense. And when I started to do that, I really saw my body started changing. Obviously also started feeling better, sleeping better, more energy, you know, better cycles. Um, so, you know, one question I get, Kate, is a lot of women say, and you've touched on this is, you know, I wake up and, you know, you do it for long enough and you just don't feel hungry anymore. So you've lost mm -hmm. that appetite. So let's talk about, because I feel like you've just got to force yourself to eat, but maybe potentially you could start with something smaller and then build up. Like what would be your recommendation there? Mm -hmm. if, if you're waking up with no appetite, A, I would say take your temperature and pulse, see what it is, and then maybe get a small snack in. Maybe it's mm -hmm. just some juice and cheese or an egg and juice or maybe a juice and a little bit of bread and mm -hmm. just see and then wait a little bit and then take your temperature and pulse again. Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Now, 
if you're waking up in a stress state that your temperature and pulse will drop. Mm-hmm. And that is saying to me essentially, well, you're waking up slightly stressed when you eat food should increase temperature and pulse because obviously now you have fuel to burn. But if it's actually decreasing it, it's saying, well, that food or the carbohydrates in that food are dropping your or lowering your reducing your stress hormones, which is kind of creating the true response of where your body is at. So it's kind of showing you where you're actually at. And those morning temps were actually false. They were just kind of built on stress. But when you wake up slightly stressed, your body is not going to have an appetite. It's kind of like your body's like, we don't have the energy. And so we just kind of kill it. And kind of what it's saying is I'd like to go hibernate and Mm. lay down and just go sleep because there's not enough fuel, but maybe we need to do some repair, but we don't do that. Right. We wake up and like, we go. Right. And especially if you're waking up with a slight adrenaline response, that kind of feels good. So you feel energized right? Your body is breaking stuff down so that you can run. And initially that can feel quite good. And you're just breaking down tissue. You will break some fat tissue down. Obviously, if you've ever gone into a a calorie deficit or extreme calorie deficit or gone into some intermittent fasting or something that basically did a a pretty big carbohydrate reduction, you're going to start burning body fat. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can be one of the good things that you get out of there. But again, it's also teaching your body to start slowing metabolic function down. So temperature and pulse usually start to decrease at that time. And then you start to have symptoms because you don't have enough fuel in the tank to run your basic metabolic function. So maybe you start having PMS issues or digestion and your hair falls out, sleep issues, all of those can start showing up. So again, you're always trying to try to get yourself out of that stress response. So yes, I probably do the same thing. I usually start them off with a very small snack and say, try to get something in initially. And then maybe in two hours, get something else in. And you might just have to every couple hours start eating something. And as things start to improve and you get a little bit more food in the morning, maybe you can go a little bit longer without eating. Mm-hmm. So as things start to improve and you're able to eat maybe five, six, seven hundred calories in the morning, you know, you might be able to not eat for four or five hours at that point in time. It kind mm-hmm. of depends on how what your activity is, of course, in that day and how well your body is functioning. But initially, yep, just get wake up and get something in. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then you might not feel that hungry again, but in the next two hours, get something else in and as slow, your body will start shifting and adapting so that hunger reappears for you. Yeah. It's um interesting. This just made me think about this. I you know I was telling Kate, so like I'm in two days time, I'll be two weeks post the breast uh, lift and fat transfer. But by the time I release this podcast, it'll be like you know six weeks or something. But yeah. I was telling Kate the first few days, I just felt sick and nause- nauseated from the anesthesia like the drugs and I didn't really feel like eating, but I just forced myself to eat. Like I'd get up in the morning and I'd just make myself eat my normal breakfast because I knew that my body needed fuel, but I was eating less than I normally would because I just wasn't feeling hungry. And the, there was a few mornings that I woke up, like maybe it was day two or day three. And um, like, I was still really sore. And I said to Craig, let's attempt because I just didn't have a shower for like two days because I was like, it's too, I don't want to take the compression gut. It's too sore. And so I was like, let's try and have a shower now. And I, I like got up in the morning, hadn't had breakfast yet, started to take off the things. And I said to Craig, I'm thinking I'm going to faint. Like my blood yeah. sugar because I have not been eating enough. So I sat down on the bed. I'm like, can you just go get me a glass of juice with salt? And then just drank that. And within a minute, better. Like I was feeling yeah. better. So then I just went downstairs, had the breakfast. And then left the shower till the next day. I was like, oh, who gives a fuck? I can just be stinky. But, you know, and I was saying to Kate now that I'm, you know, the doctor was like, okay, you can start your 
longer walks now. So I've been doing my normal steps, which is about 12K steps, sometimes 15 if I take the dogs for two walks. And I've really been religiously tracking my food in our app to make sure I eat enough. And I've been averaging about 2,700 calories and my weight's the same. You know, I'm not training at all. And we were just talking about how uh, like the recovery process is so energy intensive. So yeah, I was just it's just interesting, you know, like, once you sort of know these things, you know, and I was like, I just knew I had to force myself to eat. I had to, like, I just, and I think with, with, with clients, like, you know, you can not feel hungry. We've just got to like with our clients, if they make themselves eat within like a week or two and they start to eat, you know, consistently throughout the day, they're like, they start to wake up they're like, fuck, I'm hungry. Like, this is awesome. I'm so hungry again, um, yeah. which is great. Um, next thing, just a quick one. A lot of women say to me, Kitty, you know, oh, I, I like to train in the morning and I just don't like to eat. And I always say to them, I'm like, well, try and eat something. Like even like when I worked in our gym and we were doing long hours and I'd train early in the morning, I'd get up and I'd just have a like skim milk smoothie with a really ripe banana um, and some coffee and honey. And that was pretty quick and easy to digest. And then there's this drink that I drink now that Craig has done for a while during training, which is OJ coconut water salt collagen but we add cyclic dextrin to it so it's just like pure carbs and that could be another thing that you could drink during your training as well which I find really helps um me um any other tips Kate you think for the the early morning trainers (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm always you know my first thing is can you train at a different time (laughs) but if not let's say they can't if they cannot, yes, then absolutely you want to try to get something. And usually it's liquid because you don't want to put your digestive system under too much work at that point in time. Yeah. So, yes. And then I'll do like a coffee smoothie, right? Because yeah. I'm like, a little bit of coffee is good as long as. And, <laughs> and again, it, this all depends on the person because if you are a, severely stressed, you have a lot of symptoms at this time usually AM workouts are not going to be your friend. It's no, hard to kind of work around that. Let's pretend you're totally. not. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. for the sake of the it, top. Yeah. For the sake of you are in yeah. pretty decent health and that's yeah. the time you're going to do it. Then yeah. yeah. Then I would try yeah. to get probably at least a couple hundred calories in mm. primarily carbohydrates, get it into your systems just so mm. kind of mitigate some of the stress response you might have. Because I mean, again, the whole point of you training, especially if you're doing weights is to try to help build muscle. That's right. If you're going in and you don't got a lot of juice going on and your body's just trying to figure it out and started to get, you know, just kind of break down its own tissue to support the workout. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm. So it's like, let's get something in you. And I think you'll just perform better. I think most of us know if we have something in you, you, you just train better mm. right now. You will certainly, there are, are a lot of statistics on fasted training. A lot of them say, mm, we don't really see a, performance decrease unless it's over an hour or so forth. But I think there's probably a lot of other variables, but I would say that 95% of the people I talk to always feel better and they hit more PRs when they have food in their system. So, you know, bottom line is like, look, if you want to train and you want to actually build and and you want to make your workout worth the most, get something in your system, you know, and I used to always marvel because I actually used to be able to eat whatever, like I could eat like mm. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then go run um, and then be okay. <laughs> I mean, it was like a skill set I thought I had because most people could not do that. And so I could just kind of break it down and be able to handle it. So I think it all depends. And some people can do that. Like they can literally have some yeah. toast and eggs and, and I actually and have, have a client. Yeah. He's like, I had a piece of toast, some eggs some fruit. I mean, and then 30 minutes later, he's good. Right. Yeah. And like, it's already breaking down. I mean, cause it, it gets into your system fairly quickly. 
right? Yeah. I mean, if you've ever tried to, if you've ever measured your blood glucose, you know, cause mm -hmm. I just like to see what happens and how fast things, I mean, within like a couple minutes, it's going to start to elevate from that food that you've just consumed. So yeah. we know if you give yourself a good 30 minutes, you're going to get enough in you. Like it's yeah. coming unless you're just eating, you know, a tub of fat yeah. and a steak, yeah. right. Which would be like the worst things you could do. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to eat some, you know, some simple complex carbs that are basically either liquid or cooked fruit or something like that, then you're going to be, it's going to be, you know, not huge meal, but something you're definitely going to be more, it's going to be more of a benefit to you. And just to finish off a bit of a practical application. So like we always, obviously it's going to depend on like in our program, we prescribe macro targets for people, you know, and, and like, for example, you know, if I'm in 2,700 calories, my macros are a lot bigger. So I have more to play with. Um, yeah. but you know, we always say to clients, you know, one thing I've noticed with women is they really skimp out in the protein at breakfast we, before they join the program. So we always say to them, look, try and aim for minimum 20 grams of protein. Like maybe if you've obviously got high macros more, like for me, my breakfast would probably be 40, 45 grams of protein just cause I'm eating a lot of food. And then, so if we said minimum 20 grams, and this is why the tracking is really valuable because you can put it in your little app and go, oh shit, I really need to bump that protein up. So what we say, minimum 20 grams of protein, some fat, and then, you know, two, two times carbs, again, depending on your macros. Like if, you, if you're coming from a low carb diet and you're only eating 150 grams of macros, you just have to balance it out, but you want to have more carbs, all right, than protein. So, yeah. And certainly, it, and I think if you want to go back to the whole, if you're doing a workout, right, then to me, if you're doing a workout, if you're eating and then going into a workout, then you'd like, you don't, you don't need, barely need any fat. I mean, it could be protein mm. carbs, but if you're just going into a, it's a normal day, yeah, like you just yeah, normal a day. normal day. Yeah. Yep. Then yep. certainly, yes, I go 20 to 40 grams of uh, protein and then usually double that of carbohydrate. So it's either 40 to 80 grams and then depending on your macros, obviously. Yep. 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 And some people, and again, I, I mean, I have this conversation because some people just do better with a little bit more fat, whereas others actually do yeah. much better on fairly low fat. I mean, I have some people on 40 grams of fat for the whole day and some people go 90 grams and yeah, true, it, it true. just kind of like moves. Finding your, yeah. Yes. And that will be the thing that was just kind of depend on the person. I also, and this is just an observation from my own experience and like working with clients is just sort of having that slightly bigger breakfast and maybe front loading a bit more of the calories is always, I feel better and yep. it makes me feel more satiated, sets me up for the day. Because obviously, like you said, you've been fasting all night. So you're trying to replenish the stores, yep. right? And give yep. you energy to keep going through the day. So I would recommend, like, I'm not saying eat all of your calories, but, you know, you could probably eat a bit more at breakfast and then, you know, then try and obviously spread the rest out of over the day. Yeah. And that, again, it depends on if you're waking up super stressed and breakfast doesn't sound good, then that, you know, you're not going to eat a 700 calorie breakfast. You're going to eat a 200 calorie breakfast, but then you'll eat again in a couple hours and yeah. you'll slowly start shifting that. But if you can manage it, then yeah, five to 700 calories can be great. And because look, if you fuel the tank up early, <laughs> if for some reason during the day, you can't eat or you go longer than you should, you're going to have some liver glycogen in there to keep you going. If you skip that morning meal or eat really crappy or eat coffee and barely anything else and then start going into your day and it gets out of control and stressful, you're going to be trying to try to pay catch up all day. Usually you'll feel like crap. Usually that, that day will be, your sleep will be affected. It's really hard to catch up. You know, mm -hmm. I, I talked to a lot of people about the catch up meal, 
that, mm. you know, those are the people that are trying to really work within their macros. And then they realize at the end of the day, they're like, Oh, I need to eat 500 more calories. And they try mm. to like catch up. And I'm like, that never usually works. Nah. Right. Because now you're behind yeah. in the energy and your body's yeah. been just kind of trying to catch up and it just doesn't work. So when you front end, like you said, good breakfast, good lunch if you get those down because i think we've all been like most people yeah. like small breakfast small lunch yeah, 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 dinner yeah. and yeah. just f- kind of moving where your calories are particularly breakfast and lunch you a feel a lot better people will lose weight just eating the same amount of calories especially if they balance it out and mm-hmm. they're just energy's more stable they're trained better they'll yeah. sleep better like that's a very simple shift that if they can do and again they might not feel it right they're like yeah. you're not going to all of a sudden want to shove down five seven hundred calories if you No, god no at it. night like yeah and i think that's another real uh like when we talk about this is we encourage it plan ahead don't be just <laughs> getting up on the day and going what the fuck am i going to eat because then that that will happen so like you know i i don't i still i think about what i'm going to have like meals wise like i'll look in the freezer and think oh like this week i'm just trying to do the use up the shit in the freezer week you know so i can empty it out so I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, lunches will be this for a couple of days, but I don't know exactly what I'm going to eat until the night before, but my breakfast is always the same, you know, and then I'll put the lunch in, put my snacks, my snack in, cause I'm doing like four meals and a, just a bedtime snack of ice cream. So I like to have some ice cream. So I know in advance, so I can see, okay, I've had, you know, 700, whatever calories at breakfast and there's lunch and there's snack and there's dinner and it's all mapped out. I don't have to think about it, you know? So I think, yeah. 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 I mean, just like some, like a few little tidbits and tools, like a, and we can talk about this, but I think it's always important to remind people like, look in the beginning, it's boring. Eat the same things. It's easier to see. And and it's just kind of easier to see because when you're eating the same thing, what I see with people's trends, because I look Mm -hmm. at their, their just calories Mm -hmm. and meal trends is they're really stable and your body likes that stability. Because it's basically, it's trying to figure out, like, especially with your basal metabolic rate and the the energy you need to heal and recover, like that's pretty consistent regardless of your energy output that day, right? So -hmm. if those numbers are fairly consistent throughout the week, then we, those people progress and feel so much better than the people that are just eating odd areas. One day is like 16 and next day is 2,400 and then it's 2,000 and this is all over the place. And I go, so if you can like, in the beginning, kind of have a similar breakfast, a similar lunch, right? And you can like change out your protein sources, but if they're quite similar and then you can just adjust accordingly, like increasing your carbohydrates a little bit or increasing your protein a little bit and you food log because that will really, really help you. I mean, (laughs) um, really, 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 it's a really cheap tool that will be so beneficial, you know? And if you don't like certainly hire somebody if you don't know how to do it, but it will help you so much. But that way, when people start to do that consistently, oh my God, it's like the world opens up and then you can just see everything and you just add a little bit here and then they do and everything progresses in this nice orderly fashion. Do you know, I don't know, these aren't the exact numbers and I don't know where I read this, but I read something, someone was saying like people actually really only rotate through 15 meals in their life. Like they obviously eat different stuff on the weekend, like they might, but I find I do that. Like I've just got my faves, you know, like tacos. I love tacos. I love spaghetti bolognese. I love chili con carne. I have prawns, you know, air fried chips and juice or whatever meat, air fried chips and juice. Like I've just got these like staple 10 meals that I seem to just like when I do this soup with noodles and like broth and I'm like, and my breakfast is always the same, you know, it's just food that I really like. So I think, and I, and I was telling Kate about this lady that, um, 
we're working with, she's down like 39 pounds, like 17.5 kilos or something. And she's literally eating the same thing. Cause she's like, it's just easy. And, and just that consistency too. And she's improved. Her sleep's improved. She was sleeping like five hours a night. She's like, I'm consistently sleeping, you know, seven hours now. My energy's better. And I've lost all of this weight, but yeah. then she's eating the liver and the oysters, the carrot salad. And she's made a plan that she enjoys. And she's like, it's just easy for me at the moment while I'm trying to hit these goals to just eat, eat the same. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I always hear from people when I, when I certainly look at what they're doing, it's like, well, I, I, you know, being prepared, right. Being prepared, Mm. which is super important. I'm like, but I go, look, if you knew you were kind of doing the same thing, almost it's certainly Mm. in the beginning all the time, right. That you're just getting your fuel, then that just could be automatic after a while. Right. It's, it's when you're trying to like 17,000 different lunches, right. I'm like, Look, pick three and just keep rotating those initially and try adding a little bit. Because again, most people, you're right, kind of like them, but they add so much variety and different things and all of these. Stresses you out too. And that becomes a stress, right? And then it becomes more complicated. I go, look, don't make it complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated, right? Especially in the beginning as you're trying to just build up your body's ability to utilize the energy. Because once you build it up and you get to a place where you're using a ton of energy, then you can have a lot of mixed matches, all these other meals in there. And they don't really matter at that point in time. I, I just find that people don't even, like even the ones in, like even me, like I said, like I just, I just keep to gravitating back to these similar ones, you know, like I'm not eating this massive amount of variety every single week anyway. Not, I'm not saying that you can't, but like most people are busy too. I'm like, I've never met anyone who's like got a private fucking chef and a cleaner that can just make them all of these balanced meals variety every day. And that when they do this and they simplify it, they're like, oh, kitty, this is life changing. Like I'm just picking the foods. Like a lot of the women in our program are mums with kids. So what we recommend and what they find works really well is they'll eat similar, you know, breakfast, lunch, snacks and dinner for, not the dinner, sorry, for a week. And they just rotate the yeah. dinners with their family, which yeah. they're like, oh, that's so easy. Cause I just build the template in your app you can save it and I just copy it over. Then I just adjust the portions at night to suit the family dinner because all the meals, our meals are family friendly. Yep. Um, and they're like, oh, it's just so much less stressful. I know what I'm eating every day. I get up in the morning. I don't have to think about it. And they're like, it's just, and then if I want to go out in the weekend and have a meal off the plan, I just have a meal off the plan. Like it's not this big stressful, you know, um, thing. Yeah. So yeah. So guys, like the planning, the planning, the planning. There's one other thing I was going to ask. I think I've forgotten it now. We're just, we're nearly out of time. So I'm just thinking, is there anything else? <clears throat> oh, coffee, coffee. That's it. So the other thing is drink your coffee. <laughs> so black coffee on an empty stomach, Kate, that's a good go-to breakfast that a lot of women I think do before they find yeah. us. You know, yeah. again, that's like drinking coffee. It's like, you know, pushing the gas pedal on the car. It revs yeah, up, I mean, it? <laughs> yeah, well, all got, that's what coffee or caffeine does. It, it increases glucose uptake. So it makes you utilize, it's, it actually is like a pseudothyroid. It makes mm. you utilize the, the carbohydrates faster. So if you're waking up, you already have no liver glycogen or low liver glycogen, right? Blood sugar is going to be a little bit lower in the morning. And now you're giving yourself a thermogenic and then it's going to speed everything up. And now guess what happens is you're going to get low blood sugar because it's speeding up the usage of the glucose. And that's going to cr- make you have a stress response real quick. So that may be those people that start to feel really uh, kind of wiry, adrenaline-like, um, and they get nauseous from coffee and so forth. So I'm not, I love coffee, if, but certainly if you're that person that's waking up stressed or you don't handle it properly, then you either a you need to eat a good meal before you have coffee. Also you can add cream or milk or sugar into that coffee, um, or just do little micro doses because it is quite good. It can help your body utilize energy better. 
like all those things, like thermogenics are good, right? Because you're, mm -hmm. you're trying to teach your body to utilize more fuel because the more fuel that it produces from the food that you intake, the more available fuel is available for your internal functions. Mm -hmm. It's when the body is in that pseudo stress fact, you're kind of wasting energy and it's not getting the, the energy for your metabolic functions. That's where you start to have all these symptoms because you're like doing and busy and thinking and so forth. And that's creating those chronic stress response. But when you can manage it better and you can actually tell your body, if I'm in that state where I'm utilizing fuel better, and now you can add a thermogenic. And, but again, with that, you have to add more fuel so that it can utilize it better. And that's why coffee should be, again, not consumed on an empty stomach or black or, or even just coffee alone for breakfast, because for most people, it's just not going to work. <laughs> no, not a good. Well, I remember when I was like back in the party days when I was like the drug, taking all the drugs, I'd get up, have the black coffee with a ciggy, sit out in the balcony on my surface paradise apartment that I lived called High Surf. Every time I walk past it, Craig and I have a laugh about, you know, the shenanigans that went on there. I'm like, oh man, it makes me feel sick thinking about that. But anyway, well, that was a great episode, Kate. Really good practical um, one. Hopefully you've got some things you can take away and implement. Don't forget, if you haven't read Kate Deering's book, How to Heal Your Metabolism, definitely get it. You can buy it from our shop. You can get it on Amazon. You can even get it in French. It's on Audible. You can get it in English on Audible, obviously, too. Obviously. Um, so that's a really great starting point. And our seven-day Eat More, Train Less, Get Results Challenge. It's a one-off payment of 27 Australian dollars and it just covers all the fundamentals, um, you know, training, nutrition, sleep, movement, so that you can restore your metabolism and, you know, change your body composition in a healthy and sustainable way and just eat some real fucking food. So, and carbs, obviously we love carbs. Um, so yeah, if you're new here or you've been following for a while, jump in and grab that. You get lifetime access. You can start it at any time. So I'll just pop the links to those Kate's book and the, the challenge in the show notes. And don't forget, as always, rate and review the podcast and take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me, K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D and Kate, which is Kate Deering Fitness, um, K-A-T-E-D-E-E-R-I-N-G, <laughs> Fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S, challenge my spelling, Um yeah, just take a screenshot and share it and tag us. Um, and yeah, that was, I really love that episode. I love these good little practical ones. And thanks yep. again, Kate, for coming on. Always a pleasure. Uh, and I will see you next time. Yeah. Okay.